0: Wishes in the
1: Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is
2: Brandon Marsh. The Los Angeles Angels six and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Troy Hunter
1: Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is Dan Garcia, and this is another special interview, All Angels Podcast. My guest this week is a minor league pitcher that some people might not hear about, but he's definitely working his way through the organization and really quickly. Isaac Matson started this season with Inland Empire, went, killed it there, went to Mobile, killed it there, and finished the season out with Salt Lake. So if you're a fan that uh, kind of likes the underdog, under-the-radar kind of prospects, this is definitely a guy for you because he's doing great, great, and he's not exactly on the national radar yet, but definitely will be soon. Uh, but before we get to that, um, football is back. AB's in New England, Le'Veon is with the Jets, Odell Beck and Majora's Landry have teamed up once again in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed though, where I'm placing my bets this season. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First prize is guaranteed to win at least $100,000 and it only costs you $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of a huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the under over on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Right now, they can they'll double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. You put in a hundred bucks, they'll give you an extra hundred bucks to gamble with. Use promo code chair to activate the offer. Visit visit mybookie online, mybookie.ag. That's m y b o o k i e.ag, and don't forget to use the promo code chair when when creating your account to claim your bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet when get paid. So here we go. Like I said, here's my interview with Isaac Matson. My next guest on the All Angels podcast is a name that maybe some casual fans don't know, but we'll get to know definitely after a season that he put uh, this year. Isaac Mattson, uh, Angels prospect, uh, pitching prospect. Thank you for joining me today.
2: Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Awesome. Uh,
1: you know, the, the thing that caught my eye from you, um, you know, we are based out in Southern California, so we saw what you did with the IE um, towards the end of last year, and then when you came and broke camp uh this spring, you went back to Inland Empire, and all you did was completely dominate uh, that level for the eight games you were there. When you broke camp and and went to the went to Inland Empire, did you feel something? You know, like a, did you feel your, that you had like a great spring and that you can really translate that into the season?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, one of the big things that helped me out this year was the uh, the Angels gave gave me and five other guys an opportunity to come out and kind of do a weighted ball program with them. Um, and it was kind of on us. Um, you know, we, we kind of took all the costs and it was an investment in ourselves for the most part. Um, and so they invited us out. We were out there basically the first week of January. Um, it was a quick turnaround after, you know, the holiday season, but, um, it was good to get out there and and get kind of revved up early and it kind of paid off because basically by March I was full tilt into, into all my throwing and, Um, felt like I had a good feel for you know most of my pitches so that just kind of translated to the first part of the season.
1: That pitching program that you just talked about is that was that something new maybe you heard from other guys that was new with this new coaching change or was that something the Angels have done in the past?
2: Um, I mean it's something that the Angels had done in the past and um, you know that's it's something that's pretty new in terms of baseball um, the timeline and you know weighted ball programs and looking to get, uh, you know, extra velo or, you know, trying to work on, um, you know, increasing spin and everything. So it's, it's something that we've done for a couple of years, I think. But, um, you know, it's very new to baseball in general.
1: Now, you know, like I said, you had eight games within Empire, had a below one ERA with your time there which is absolutely insane. Um, Then you get called up to Mobile. When you got called up to Mobile, do you remember where you were and exactly how you uh, found out?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. It was was funny. Um, Our manager, Barb's, we had a day game that day, and uh, I think we had just beat Rancho. We were all kind of, you know, you're happy whenever you can beat the, the foe from 15 minutes away. So we were kind of, we were kind of celebrating and talking on our way through the tunnel and, and our manager Barbs goes, "Matson, I need to see you. You're in trouble. Um, And so I, I was trying to think back, you know, what had I done? What I, what did I do in the bullpen? You know, maybe I was messing around and he, he saw me, but I, I couldn't think of anything. So by the time I got to his office and um, our pitching coach uh, was sitting there too with him, it was kind of like, oh, okay, this, this is what it is. Um, but At that point, it was just kind of, you know, it was it was excitement to be able to make that move, obviously, but you know, also trying to focus on just taking it one step at a time.
1: Yeah, again, you were in Mobile for twenty four game, yeah, twenty four games, at ERA below three, with you know, at a double A level where a lot of the premier talent, you know, around the league is going to be right there. Um, You know, what was some of the adjustments you had to make once you did make that jump from single A to double A?
2: Um, I mean, it was definitely being able to execute off speed where those guys are a little bit more patient at the plate than they are in high A. Um, in high A, you could, you could kind of focus on just mixing pitches well. And, and if you mix speeds and change speeds often, you know, you kept hitters off balance where once you got to double A, those hitters kind of, they, they knew what to look for. And if it wasn't a pitch that was executed well, they just take it and you'd get yourself into, you know, tough situations if you didn't
1: you know one thing you said about your, your your pitch you know how you had to change up the pitching like pitch sequencing seems to be like a real big term now that i'm hearing as a fan are you conscious about that when you're on the mound or is that something you kind of have to go back and look look around like uh, after the game and kind of in your film study or are you kind of conscious of it in the middle of a, an outing
2: uh i mean as far as the mixing and stuff, I, I don't really think about percentages as much as I, I think about what the hitter's looking like in front of me. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of you know mental kind of analysis as far as okay, if I threw that pitch and the hitter, you know, saw it well and, and wasn't going to swing from the start, you know, how can I execute that better next time? Or, you know, if this guy's late on a fastball up and in, you know, maybe put that in the back of my mind work away for the next pitch or two, and then come back to it toward the end of the at-bat. So it's it's more in-the-moment stuff when I'm out there. Um, and then, you know, percentages and everything else kind of take care of themselves.
1: You know, again, you had 24 games in Mobile, but that wasn't it for you. You actually got the call of Salt <laughs> Lake at the end of the year. You know, starting the season out in single A, I'm, I'm guessing everyone's goal is to get to that next step and get into double A, get to Mobile. But when you started the season and you were in Inland Empire, did you ever think at the end of this year you would be up in Salt Lake in Triple A?
2: Um, I mean, not really. Uh I mean it was always it was always a goal to kind of get to that next step. So, you know, halfway through the year I kinda of made it a goal to, you know, be in Triple A by the end of the year. But that was that was a really cool experience being able to, you know, get called up with, with Jeremy Beasley at the same time and have us make that step together. That was that was kinda of cool and um not something I, I set out to do at the beginning of the season, but as the season kind of progressed and I, I saw that I was doing things well and, um, you know, pitches were working, it was kind of, it was that next step for me, you know. You can't really get too content in this game.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, making the, the jump up to Salt Lake, it, was that, from the, the jump from Salt Lake, was that a little more surprising to you than the jump from L Empire to Mobile? Um, do you mean as far as, I mean, as far the... as like, you know, you're saying Barb's pulled you aside and said, Oh, you're in trouble. And you start thinking like, Oh my God, what'd I do? And then I'm guessing <laughs> when the mobile manager pulls you aside, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that had to going through the same mind. Cause are you thinking like, Oh, he's calling me in because he's, ca- I'm getting the call or, you know what I mean? Like what was your mind? when he Oh was-
2: yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, that was, that was a little bit more surprising. And, um, with it being toward the end of the season, we were all kind of like, you know, you know, it would it would be awesome to move up to AAA, but you know all my stuff's here in in Mobile. You know it'd be it'd be a lot easier if you know we were just able to pack up the car and drive from here, and, rather than you know connect flights. But that was a little bit more surprising than the one from from High A to to uh, to Mobile.
1: You know another big issue I don't know if it's an issue but topic I would say probably better word for it between the majors and the Pacific Coast League is is the ball and the quote unquote juice ball. Now as a pitcher you know nothing starts until you throw that ball and you working through all three levels this year was there a noticeable difference in your eyes um between the ball used in single and double a and the one that was used uh in salt lake for triple a
2: um i mean there's definitely it's a feel difference um and i don't even know if it's you know the ball at that point i think it's just the environment when you go from mobile where the humidity is insane to You go to Salt Lake and Reno where it's dry and arid, um, the ball starts to feel dusty, but you know, as far as the movement, you know, it's not going to move as much as the higher seamed balls, but if you can execute pitches in those, in those leagues, it's, it's going to bode well for you. So that was kind of my mindset going into it. I'm able to command fastballs pretty consistently. So for me, it was okay. I need to continue to do what I'm doing and do what I did in Double A, and and now take that to Triple A and continue to execute. But yeah, it's it's kind of scary when you see Jared Walsh hitting three bombs and three at bats in Reno, and I don't think one of those I don't think any of those balls traveled less than 480 feet. So right, yep. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just glad he's on my team, but it, it definitely it's a little daunting and it's in the back of your mind. But it's just you know you got to execute.
1: Hey, how how much do you follow like guys you've played with through the organization and when they do get the call up to the major, like you said, like a Walsh or something where he's up with the angels right now, are, are you, you follow them like maybe after your game or, I mean, now you're off, but would you follow them throughout the season? Like when they got the call-up and stuff like that?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you can, it's, it's, it's a brotherhood minor league baseball is when you grind together for, you know, that many days, um, you know, it's a brotherhood, and whenever you can see guys that you played with or against, you know, go up and move up and succeed at the next levels, it's it's cool, and you know, you definitely have um, you have some excitement inside of you because you know you've played with them, and um, you know you're happy to see them succeed.
1: You know, going back a little bit, <clears throat> a little back, you know, your coll- your your uh, college years here. You went to Pitt in the ACC. Do you think? Uh, pitching at a high level, you know, conference like the ACC got you ready for professional baseball.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, in the ACC, it was it was similar to I'd say Mobile as far as the transition for me. Um, just being able to play against top level talent like that, you know, we we definitely didn't win a lot of games at at Pitt in that time. It was definitely a transition period for us, but. Um, just to get that experience against top level talent and, you know, learn what it means to compete at that level. And um, that's basically where the fastball command for me came from. It was, you know, if I didn't have it, it was a bad day on the mound for me in the ACC. Um, So that's definitely where I learned a lot of things. And and the coaching staff was awesome about um, just using using those failures back in the day to push us to become better.
1: Uh, one thing we like to do with guys on here, especially prospects, and the first time on the podcast, we like to see or, or get their uh, draft story. So when you got drafted, do you remember when, where, how all that happened?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was sitting at home. I had just kind of come back from Pitt um, and, and moved all my stuff back home and, uh, you know, just was sitting around for the first couple of days. And then day three rolled around, um, and it was probably around noon that, uh, that I got the call from the angels and they said, Hey, you know, this is, this is what we're looking at. You know, would you, would you take it? And I was like, yeah, let me talk to my parents real quick. And just called them back pretty, pretty quickly after that. And was like, yeah, like I want to, I want to take this opportunity. And, um, it was just, it was an exciting day and pretty sure my mom cried. Um, I don't think my dad cried, but you know, he was super proud. And it was just a cool experience to, um, you know, have that and have that opportunity to to kind of further further my career
1: yeah so kind of like we I mentioned at the beginning of the, of the interview you shot through all three levels of the angels you know top minor league system to this year and that raised a lot of eyebrows from you know people that that kind of do this you know scout for a living um and now you're at in Arizona for the fall league um what is, what kind of stuff are you looking to um work on when you're out there for the fall league?
2: Um, it's just going to be a continuation of, of what we had set in stone, kind of the second half of the year. It's going to, it's going to be trying to improve my off speed pitches, um, slider and change up and, um, get some consistency as far as command with the change up and then go from there. I mean, it's, it's awesome to be able to play another month and a half of baseball and I'm never going to look back on my life and wish I would have played less baseball. So it's definitely a cool opportunity.
1: Now, there's been some talks around, you know, like I said, on Twitter from people that you know, kind of do this scout thing for, for a living. Uh, and some of it has been the possibility, talking possibility, that if you progressing the way you have been, maybe at some point cracking the Angels bullpen in 2020. Do you ever give yourself a chance to think about how cool that, that moment will be? Or is it you kind of just have tunnel vision and you just have to work on what um, you're doing you know, today or tomorrow?
2: I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's important to set goals for me um, <clears throat> to be able to accomplish those. And um, you know, it's, it's always a goal to play at the highest level, no matter what sport. Um, but at the same time, you can't be a hundred percent locked in and focused on, you know, the future if, if you're, if you're living in the present. So, you know, it's, it's also focusing on, okay, if, if that's my goal, how do I backtrack and what's my plan to get there? Um, and I think that's something that the, the coordinators and the coaches that I've been able to work with this this entire year, you know, that's that's something that they've helped me with a lot. Is you know, if that's our end goal, how do we develop that, and how do we get you to the level where you need to be in order to you know be successful?
1: And that's really cool to see a guy progress through the system as quickly as you have, and, and hopefully be able, fingers crossed, uh, break with the team uh, at some point next year. So also something we like to do in the podcast is, is kind of get to know the first timers on, on the podcast, uh, get to know them a little better. So um, some questions for you as a pitcher uh, prefer strike looking or uh, strikeout looking or strikeout swinging?
2: <laughs> oh, I love strikeouts look or uh, strikeout swinging, strikeout swinging. It's, it's cool. Cause then, you know, like, okay, it's, I executed that pitch. And even if, even if you missed it and they're swinging and missing, that means a good, it's, it's a good sign. It's a good sign.
1: Uh, baseball players are known for being, you know, kind of superstitious. Do you have any, whether it's, you know, during a game, pregame, or, you know, leading up to uh, an outing for you?
2: Um, I guess not necessarily superstitious. More of like a routine for me is when I get to the ballpark, and I, I know it's probably a day I'll pitch, you know, I'll kind of listen to some more relaxing music, either um, either some Christian music or, you know, some reggae, and just kind of relax for the first half of the day and then probably about 30 minutes before the game i start revving it up and start listening to you know hip-hop or edm music and just kind of get pumped up from there i wouldn't say it's a superstition but it's definitely it's definitely
1: a routine i enjoy we, we've talked to other pitchers but they've been kind of more on the starting uh, side of it when you're a relief pitcher and how how does that work as far as you don't come to the ballpark you have no idea whether or not you're going to play you know, or pitch that night. How is that? Mm-hmm. How do you prepare yourself for something like that where you can get ramped up and then nothing happens?
2: Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of the worst case scenario is you, you rev up and you're expecting to pitch and then, and you know, it doesn't come. Um, but as far as showing up every day, it's, this year is something, something I tried toward the second half is, um, you know, every Tuesday and Friday I would, I would get my lifts in and every, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would do a certain arm care. Every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I'd do a different arm care. So I liked that consistency to where I was doing the same things every weekday. And if I got in that night, then I would do, you know, my my postgame arm care or whatnot. Um, and so that was the routine I enjoyed kind of going through the weeks. And then if I pitched, it was like, all right, awesome, I'm ready for this. And if I didn't pitch, it was like, okay, um, you know, I'll just be ready tomorrow if they if my name gets called.
1: So like we said, you ended last year, uh 2018 with Inland Empire, then you started this year, 2019, with Inland Empire. While you're in California, was there something that um you weren't able to do that you would wanted to do? Oh man.
2: I don't know. I did I felt like I did a lot. Let's see. Something I wanted to do but didn't get a chance to. I mean, honestly, I'll probably say go see uh, go see the stadium over there in Anaheim, I, <laughs> where I'd driven by it a couple times on the way to the beach. Um, but just like going by and seeing it, because I've actually I've never been to I've never been to you know Angel Stadium over there. So that that I probably say that's the number one.
1: And you you know you like we said played at Pitt uh, from Pittsburgh. Was there like a a, mm-hmm. a culture kind? I'm not I'm not gonna say shock, but kind of something that made you kind of like turn your head when you did get to California, whether it was, you know, um, people around or maybe like at the beach or something like that? Um, honestly, I kind of got a, a little bit of
2: exposure to at our first baseman and I'll, I'll name drop him here. Caleb Perry, he, uh, he lives in Riverside. So I kind of got a okay. taste of it for, you know, I kind of got a taste for a taste of it for for two or three years there at Pitt. Um, you know, California just being kind of laid back, being a relaxed kind of guy and, um, so when I got to California, he was he was like, "Oh, go here, you know, go go grab some food here," and he was giving me recommendations. Um, but the beach scene is definitely it's a it's a different kind of beach than it is in my hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah, the waves are a little bigger there in California, so it's a little bit different. But you know, I was I was glad to get some you know experience with Caleb. A nice little
1: uh, Riverside shout out. We're actually we actually. That's where we're based at. We're at based out of Riverside, so that's kind of funny. Gotcha, that, gotcha. That's actually a really good coincidence. <laughs> nice. I'm actually in, literally in downtown Riverside right now. So that's, nice. that's pretty funny. Um, oh, yeah, oh, I, yeah. Can, uh, collection, we collect, you know, as fans, we collect signed balls, bobbleheads, whatever. Um, do you have a collection, whether it's sports-related or not, or, or did you maybe as a kid?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, as a kid, I, I collected baseball cards. I remember saving up 20 bucks every week and... Um, you know, trying and going to buy Topps baseball cards or, you know, the Cracker Jacks baseball cards. And uh, that was just something fun that me and my brothers and my dad were able to do together. Um, but as it went on in college, I started collecting the baseballs with the with the university logos on it. So I think I've probably got a, a collection of 30 or 40 some baseballs with different teams, logos and different conferences and everything else. So yeah, I, I definitely do collect. I hope it doesn't get to the level of hoarding, but I definitely <laughs> do collect some baseball memorabilia.
1: Nice. Uh, uh, downtime. So what do you do, uh, you know, whether it's on a bus for a long road trip, because you're saying how, you know, you guys, you guys, mind you guys, you do grind, because, I mean, it is bus trip after bus trip after bus trip. Um, what mm-hmm. do you do, like, yep. maybe, in, you know, during those bus trips or maybe, you know, after a game when you're trying to wind down or just kind of relax? Um, I mean, wind it down
2: usually just fall asleep pretty quick, but, uh, I do, I do like to read. Um, so I, I do a fair amount of reading, but definitely in the mornings I, I've become a crossword guy. It's just something that, you know, it gets my brain moving and, um, you know, it's just, it's fun to, when you finally put that last letter in to to sit back and be like, all right, I spent like a good amount of time on that. So yeah, it's, I'd probably say crosswords or reading as far as downtime and sitting on a bus.
1: Yeah, it, it, talking to some of your other you know teammates, um, that just seems like a crazy play a game and jump on the bus for like four hours. I would probably just <laughs> go insane. Yeah, say. Um, exactly. Funniest, um, funniest uh, teammate you've had either in college or now in the Angels organization.
2: Okay, funniest teammate. Oh man, put me on the spot here. Oh, I'd probably say Nate Burtness. Nate Burtness, left-handed pitcher, he was in IE. He is just a funny dude and uh if you ever if you ever get to play in Mafia, which is a it's a college baseball/professional slash baseball at the lower levels game. If you ever start playing Mafia with Nate, it it gets rowdy real quick. So, I'd probably go Burtness.
1: <laughs> what about uh, a teammate that is best dressed where he just comes in whatever for whatever reason has always has the best uh, shoes or the newest shoes, the newest clothes or whatever.
2: Ooh, I mean, I and I hands down, Joe Adele. I mean, he's got the he's got the hookups and he's always he's always with the latest fashion trends. So I'd I'd say Joe off the top.
1: Now you know what we like to do, I, and we'll let you go after this because you've been more than generous with your time and really great catching up to a, a a shooting star, I guess if you will, in the Angels organization. But the best advice you got from someone uh, baseball related.
2: Baseball related, best advice, baseball related, best advice, probably say college pitching coach. Um, you know, we had a mental conditioning coach come in at, uh, my, my freshman and sophomore years. Um, and one of the things he said was just be where your feet are. And that's something that I, I took. And, um, while I was at Pitt, you know, Especially junior year, you start looking at things and you know thinking about the next level. Um, a college pitching coach would always just say, "Be where your feet are." So that's something that's kind of carried me through and um, helped me out along the journey.
1: Uh, that's great advice. We've we got, we've asked, like asked some questions, th- that question at the end, just to kind of see how everyone you know everyone has a little bit of something different. But at the end of, it said different, but it kind of means the same thing and kind of be who you are yeah. and live in the moment, kind of deal. Um, yes, sir. Isaac, I want to thank you again for taking time out. Um, Best of luck uh, with the Arizona Fall League. Um, Best of luck next year with the Angels. And uh, we're pining to make a trip out there. Me and and some of the friends are pining to make a trip out to the Fall League. So hopefully uh, we'll run into you.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely catch up. I I appreciate you you guys having me on. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the Fall League.
1: Just listen to my show, the Punk Corner on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Just want to thank our guest again, Isaac Matson, for taking some time out and chatting with me this weekend. Um, definitely a guy that you want to keep an eye on. Definitely one of those under the radar uh, guys. That's really cool to see him work his way through the system and hopefully breaks through with the camp sometime next uh, next year. So well, before we go, uh, guys, remember the days when you are always ready to go, want to increase your performance and get a little extra confidence in bed? Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach, and since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can... Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could, if you could benefit from a little extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy line, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S. and and since Bluetooth provides shipping direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we like to thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Again, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Quickest way, easiest way to get a hold of us for anything, questions, comments, is our email address, allangelspodcast at gmail.com, and our social media uh, sites, Halo underscore Haven, both on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, The season's coming to an end. I want to thank all our our loyal listeners there. Um, If you guys have any comments, Uh, about how we can make this better whether you want to see the podcast longer, shorter more of them, um, certain type of segments more let us know, we're trying to make this bigger and better uh, going into our third season next year so if you have any ideas how you want to make it better and easier for you to listen, please let us know reach out, we would love to hear the feedback, but until then we will be back on Thursday for our normal podcast Uh, thank you all for listening and see you later